1: Hello friends, I'm your host Chris Thrull, I'm a former Royal Marines Commando, I've adventured, for better and sometimes worse, across 80 countries on all seven continents. Welcome to the Bought the T-Shirt Podcast.
2: The area that had been shut off because of the, of the contact, they, everything was, a no, nobody went there. The Americans decided that they would they would disregard that because they're Americans they didn't want to listen to what the Brits had to say and they took the route that I would have took they went right at the T-junction and they had a much much bigger idea go off Beebridge, isn't. It's not a royal marine memorial. It's a commander memorial. Mm.
1: Routine should become your rock because then, when you've done it, you get on with your day and you 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 know you're good.
2: Mm. You're not in a four-man fire team in Belfast now.
1: Tim, how are you, brother? I'm oh, very well, thank you yourself. Firing, mate. Firing. Um, absolutely delighted to have you on the show. I've been following your Facebook page, the Cold Dip Commando, folks. Tell us, mate,
2: what, what's all this about? Uh, well, it started off on a, a bench in Bournemouth as sort of the Good Ideas Club. Um, I was just recovering from a, a second cancer and I do cold for me anyway for my own personal, um, for my personal benefit and health. And I thought be a great idea would be to travel around the country trying to get more and more people involved in it for their mental health and physical health and to raise money for charity so that was a uh, good idea club on a bench in the summer in Bournemouth um, it's a bit different when you're getting into John O'Groats in the dark and a wind and rain and storm but yeah that's why I did it it's for to raise money and awareness for charity really and the charity is it the Royal Marines charity yeah, there's, there's three, uh, two charities that are a good cause. So I've got the, the Royal Marine Charity because they, they helped me a great deal um, with the first two cancers and the third, in fact, um, financially and and support. Also, Lymphoma Action as the, the four cancers that I've got or had are lymphoma and Rock to Recovery as they help with uh, PTSD, mental health and, yeah. You know, Issues for serving and non-serving and blue light personnel. So I thought mental health, cancer, and the military were causes that most people can relate to. So every day for the month of January is that is that right? You're you're getting in the water? Yeah, starting in, uh, in uh, Paul in Dorset on the first of January, and then work clockwise around the country: uh, Exmouth, Plymouth, Lands End, then up the west coast, going to. Uh, Wales, and then into Ireland, or Northern Ireland, and then back into the UK, Scotland, um, and I'm now two days before the end of the Scottish leg, I'm up in uh, Arbroath at the moment, the home of 4-5 uh, Commando, who were very gracious and hosted me last night in the mess, and I'll finish off, I'm going to go down the east coast, and then back along the south coast, finishing on the 31st, back in Branksome where I started. And which which county is that in uh dorset so that's uh it's a small beach that i swim at every morning and i go down there and i'll uh, i'll have a swim um, so i thought it was a, a fitted place to start and finish there mm. has been one one um area that i couldn't get to when i got on sky the the weather closed in and we couldn't get the van out of sky so uh bootneck uh, Mason went to Ullapool for me uh put his lid on buddy smugglers got in the water and uh so there was a boot in the water at Ullapool and I did two extra dips in uh, in Sky to make up for the one that I lost and then we picked up the track and uh, um picked up the, the trail in back in John O'Groats
1: yeah if you want a day off mate <laughs> I'll get in my plunge pool every morning <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I I've got I've got you covered but I, I will hold my hand up mate and say I am a bit of a wimp with the old cold stuff I, I I'm very skinny I don't know if that's got to do but I've got l- quite low blood pressure as well I don't know if that's uh from doing ultra marathons uh,
2: yeah I'm, I'm I'm kind of lucky on that side I'm more of an old chunk than a young hunk anymore so uh it, it probably takes me a bit a bit longer to get cold but uh, regardless of um yeah, the, the the colds, it, it's, a, it's a great feeling and it's a great body reset as well. I mean, the science behind it is pretty awesome. Um, and I've don't really been a, an expert. Like I'm, I'm not overly science-backed, but I know the benefits mentally physically that it, it does for me. Um, and when you're in that zone, that's what you're thinking about. And then when you get out of the water and you dry off and you, you crack on with your day, you're in a so much a much much better place better able to cope with the problems the cancer's still there when i get out the water um but you deal with it in a in a more positive and uh, productive manner really yes very very
1: true mate and we'll we'll come on and talk about the cancer in a bit because i think it's really important um we had a chat last night didn't we about um the pH level friends at home, you know I talk about this like almost in every podcast. It's been the most important thing in my life. Everybody should buy some of these on eBay. They're about two quid, three quid. You just literally peel one off, pop it in your mouth, lick it. And then if you're like me, you can see I come up immediate comes up green because I I'm 7.25, which is what nature intends human beings to be. You won't always be there. If you go and have a steak dinner, you're going to go into the red because that creates acid in your, in your system. But then you balance it off by having a green smoothie for lunch the next day.
2: And the body works it out. You've got to look at your diet. You've got to look at your environment. You've got to look at what you're putting into your body. And in the past, when I, was, when I left the mob, I was a personal trainer and I did nutrition and, and my nan would have given me a slap for charger people and saying to them, eat your greens, sit down, don't eat on the run, stop eating processed food. As you said, if you can pick it off a tree or pick it from the ground, it's good for you. If you've got to stab it with a fork and put it in the microwave, it's not. So, and that was old school nutrition because that's the way she was brought up on the land. And uh, I, everything you say resonates with me. And while I was in hospital, I was speaking to a nutritionist about the alkaline diet, about having celery every morning. on juice up a uh, uh, four or five sticks celery and her answer was well yeah that that's that's all very good all very well good but you you, you should always have a, a balanced diet but they don't a balanced diet they don't explain a balanced diet in reality as to what it really should be and it doesn't mean you know sausage egg bacon um it, it means as you said things you can pick your hands uh, fish you can catch from the sea and nutrients that the body can absorb and the body can deal with properly. Um, it's because you say that in, in, as an evolution, the body has only been dealing with this for such a small, small amount of time. Um, so millions of years of, of growing to, to eat properly. And then in a heartbeat, we've changed our diet in, in our evolutionary stage and, uh, expect the body to just cope with it, which is ridiculous. And uh, and I'm guilty of it, and I think we all are, especially going through training. um, You put out the the sad news about Dutchies being shut down, um, and those that know and have been to CTC know Dutchies. um, But it was it was good good stuff to get you through training. But again, you know, there's so much more that we can be doing to our bodies to um, to give you that extra percent to fight cancer, to fight illness, to fight and basically to be healthy. And that's that's the main objective.
1: Yes, it's it it's great. And if you ever want to chat about this, mate, you know, you just pick up the phone to me because uh, you can see I'm passionate about it. We we've, we've been massively lied to our whole lives. The corporations treat us like we're we're their muppets. Um, the doctors are brainwashed through university. I did five years in uni myself or higher education. I know I know how it works. Their their papers are peer reviewed by people that peer review them because they're getting paid by this the farming industry or the dairy industry or this industry or da 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 and it's all it it, it, it's it's just a bloody shame you know it's just it's a shame coming back to the cold water dip so again Tim in our history of moving around the forest you know moving to new foraging sites and we would have got wet wouldn't we we would have got wet and cold a lot and anything in nature that happens to us the body cleverly co-ops if that's the right word into making us healthy so the co i do the cold water thing every day because my ancestors would have got wet and cold all the time and it works doesn't it, it was it stimulates the vagus nerve and boom your day just becomes you know you turn what potentially is a bad day into into a really good one absolutely it's
2: i didn't you know I've, I've done river crossing the mob you do your river crossings you do it's always in a and icebreaker drills they're always a chore then you don't do it for pleasure and you don't do it for your mental health or for, for health you do it because that's a part of the job and it was only when I started doing the cold water swimming and I was looking at people and there's the thing they were the majority of the people that were coming at the water when I was down the beach were men and women older than me um and that's that's getting quite hard to find now people that are older than me but you know they were in their sort of 60s and, and 70s and they were going in and they've done it all their life and they're healthy and they're positive and they're productive and I thought yeah I'm former Royal Marine and I'm sat on this rock looking at the water trying to contemplate why I've got cancer and and what's going to happen and when I got in the water and got totally immersed and it, and it was it was winter it was not well, it was that's end of October, beginning of November. And I felt absolutely fantastic. I got out and I wasn't shivering. I wasn't gibbering. I wasn't, it was cold and the air temperature was quite cold. And that, that was, has an effect on it as well. The winter side, but I felt so good. And I could see why these people, they know, and there's a reason why these people are doing it, they're not doing it because they think they're Pam Anderson and they want to run along the beach in a repikini. You know, these are senior people who know the benefits and have been doing it all their life and it's it has it's changed my life in respect in respect of what i can and can't do i can't do a lot of things because all the crap and the poison and the chemo that i've had has affected my lungs and that side effect of some of the chemotherapy it affects the way the lungs transfer gases and it's ruined my my endurance now i can't do any real endurance um so I have to do something that doesn't involve massive cardiovascular heart and lung work. And, and, the, and the salt and the swimming and the sea swimming, and the cold water swimming definitely does that. Some days
1: I I, I bought a big whiskey barrel, right? It's, it's 200 liter, 200 liters. So it's huge. It's, it's all like a little swimming pool. I drank that whiskey in a couple of days. <laughs> no, it, it, it was empty friends. Um, but no, I, I've got it out there in a the garden next to my sauna, and like I say, I I'm in that every there's there is I don't have another option, do you know? You know, I, yeah. I don't get gi- I don't give myself another option because, I, I another thing, routine is so important, isn't it? Yeah, you know? routine routine should become your rock because then when you've done it, you can get on with your day, and you 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 know you're good. Today I went out there, I'm in that plunge pool, I'm under the water i'm up and i stay there and i'm like and the pain in my arms and legs from the cold becomes unbearable after 15 seconds right whereas a week ago i stay in there for a minute do you have a have you had that a similar experience
2: i enjoy cold water showers less than going in the sea and the colder showers tend to be painful if I have a shower and you've got to move around and keep the, if he stays in one place and the hit in one place, it almost burns. But so you got to keep moving about, but in the water, when you go in, it's a, I like to get in as quick as I can. I get up to my knees and I don't on like the way slapping around my, uh, budgie smugglers. Cause you just, you try and grow an extra couple of inches. Every, every wave that comes in and so I like to just dive in and, and get under the water and i love being on the water as i was in my boss a diver as well and i just love being in the water and under it but i don't the, the sea is slightly different than a static cold water tank um there's nothing you can do you're, you're in there and i'm very i'm very lucky that i live by you know live down on the south coast by the beach so and that is my routine um i, I mean i'm down there at quarter past quarter past six in the morning uh, i take my girlfriend to work she starts work at six I then drive down the beach and that's what I'm in the water. And it, it doesn't it's not painful. Um and I think you'd find it's a slightly different experience if you were if you if you go to the beach and you get in the water. Because there's a lot of other things going on, the waves, the undercurrent, the things you're walking on. You're definitely you're you're a part of the beach, you're a part of nature, and it does it's a much um I've done a few um Wheelie bins, and the hardest, the most annoying bit was getting in because it and oh, not as flexible as I was. And getting into the wheelie bin and getting out was a complete, um, it was a farce. It was almost comical seeing me trying to get out of a, a wheelie bin full of ice. And I wanted to as well. And also, then your your fingers aren't working properly. And the same as the same as my hot tub in my garden. And when that was cold, I, I decided to do a, a plunge in there. And that wasn't the it just didn't give me the same feeling the cold's there you're getting all the, the therapy side but mentally being in the beach watching the sun come up um because on the beach that i go to we're on the south coast the sun's coming up and i've stood in the water just treading water, looking this and it is i'm not a religious person but it's it's definitely spiritual um it's uh you see the come up the sun come up you got the day started and everything else from then on, I won't say it's easy, but it's easier to cope with because you've got, you've ticked that box. You've achieved something I think quite special every morning and it doesn't take a lot and the people who come down and there's a swimming group down at the the morning group started off with a a couple of dozen people. And I wasn't a part of it. I'd go down there every day and do my own swim and do my own thing. And then a lot of the guys, uh, actually your name was mentioned once on the beach. Um, you speak to the and uh, dan said you should speak to this guy um big den aquaman is all the uh, the people that <laughs> they call him and uh he one day sort of saw up to us and said and i was getting out of the water and not a part of that friday morning group but i just happened to be there every day and Friday i'm there as well and they said you got to come and join so i started meeting up with them and then i joined their whatsapp group and um, and they I think I got over 100 people and probably about 30 on a friday they were down there this morning sending me photographs of the beach and the sunrise so i've thrown back a couple of photographs of me and Loch ness so but it's a different sort of beautiful you know every beach river lock lake cold water you know whiskey barrel you're in there and you're in that moment and the body is experiencing something um and and it's working it's getting the body working and as you said the way it used to when we were. You know, hunter gatherers and running around and you know, going through ice or going through rivers and catching fish. And, you know, it is, it's the natural order, the natural law, um, nature's way of, of putting things right. So, uh, yeah, know, so I'm lucky I'm doing it on the South Coast. But uh, if I was up, living up in like my brother, um, I'd be doing it there as well. So, yeah. And, and that's, again, well, part we, we of the reason for some... going around the country, trying to unite. You know, I know it's even bought in Bournemouth. There's like five different groups in a mock. So maybe three miles of beach and they don't really socialize with each other. So they all go to their own little beach and they do their swim and then they move out. And I thought it'd be nice if you can get all these different groups, um, to be involved in something bigger than just their own little group knowing that. And it's, it's great because they're some of the messages I'm getting from, um, the group, there's a group called the blue Tits, and they're all over, um, all over the UK. There's the Iceman. there's, um, the blue mine brothers. There's so many different groups and they're all meeting up with me. And now the groups are extending and they're going to different beaches and meeting up. And yeah, it's just nice to be part of something slightly bigger. Maybe it's not the, the core, um, to a sort of lesser extent, but in the core you have a shared experience when you go through basic training, you get your lid a been up a speed bridge the other day with a friend who mutual friend ours, Darren, um, you're that, training the camaraderie all of the things that go with it enabling you to meet somebody after not seeing them for 25 years and you're still best of friends walked the mess last night 25 years ago uh, saw dunks and he walked up and said hello tim how are you mate good to see you again let's go get away and mm. that family that community that had the core you, you get you get that sort of feeling from people on the on the beach um, or in the lake or the river or the lock wherever you want to go. So there's a lot of benefits to it. Um, it's not the answer to everything, but it certainly helps tick boxes. And if you can get your mind working correctly, um, yeah, and your body, but your mind's going to control it and say, okay, yeah, let's beat this. And that's a lot with the cancer. Um, it's just a matter of having a goal and getting rid of it. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes we should give some shout outs. So first off Ben, Ben if you're watching, Ben's been on the podcast. Ben Ben came on the podcast and was very honest because um he uh, he was what military people call call a Walter mitty, not that it's a I hate that term and never don't care about any of that nonsense myself, but it's, uh, <laughs> it certainly causes a few issues in the veterans community. Um and the reason I don't care about it is, as, as Ben said in the podcast we did together, he, you know, he was chronically suffering from mental health illness and um, uh, off the back of uh, some serious stuff that went on in his childhood, you could say. And he was honest enough to come on the podcast and just tell everyone how he developed this persona that he genuinely believed he was in the forces. It's in, in, incredible. But Ben, much love to you, mate. Den Sharp. Den Champ, been on the podcast, absolutely crazy guy. Uh, He's so positive, singing in the shower every morning. Um, He's out there um, picking up the vibe for everyone or putting up the vibe. And Darren, who Darren came on our uh, our nine-mile speed march from Speenbridge train station or Acne train station to the castle, the original commando speed march route and um we recreated the we recreated it in full full kit i think it was year before year before last um and darren came on as an army commando and even the morning of the speed march he was down
2: it down in the ocean tim yeah it is a absolutely amazing guy i said very brilliant when he when he turned up because bridge uh, not Phoenix, the Speed Bridge isn't, the, it's not a Royal Marine Memorial, it's a Commando Memorial. Um, and it was nice that there wasn't a lot of press, radio. It was just another Commando sort of walked up behind me in a pair of shorts and flip-flops. I said, all right, Royal? And I said, all right, how are you doing? And we shook hands. I just stood there on the mountain with the, you know, the statue of three men on the mountain behind us. And it was, i it was, get a second, spiritual. It was just, it was like a spiritual home. Uh, the training ground of the commandos and thankfully he took me to Makari and, and the training ground and to get in the water where the guys had were doing that in the Second World War prior to going abroad and and you know, protecting our freedom. Um and he was telling me all about the you know, the run and the from the train station and what they did and yourself. Yeah, uh, utter. And the three guys who, who you mentioned there that I know and um positive, lovely people. And Ben did a great video off his own back he just woke me up and said look do you want me to do a video and he got a drone up and that video is as pushed forward because it was so professional and it's so well done mm. um it got more media interest and that got the ball rolling and you know thanks to small things that friends do without wanting anything back they do it because because they love you and because they're a part of the family um and it enables other people to see the story and think oh i'll get involved in that and i'll and now the um, i mean the royal marine charity said to me that it's i won't say it's not about the money because the money helps to help with the men in the house it helps with it all sorts of things but one of the things that one of the girls from the royal Marine charity said was it's gone beyond money now because we, we can get if we haven't got people to look after if the royal Marine charity haven't got if if servicemen and ex bootnecks don't come forward to say i'm having i'm having issues i've got problems i need some help and i didn't because as far as i'm concerned i was putting and i help other people it's my job to look after my family look after my kids my grandkids and i don't go ask him for help because it's my job to be the provider and the helper and my father actually got in contact with him and said can you please speak to my son he won't ask for help he's going through cancer he's i know he needs help um with, with financially and and, and and eventually i said to them, Chow, yeah okay yeah well what can you do and they were they were outstanding mm-hmm. so one of the said one of the girls said people are phoning in now for help they've always been phoning in but the momentum of the of the cold dip commando challenge is enabling people to it's given the doorway or the key to open the door and say yeah actually i've just seen this on tv i've just seen this on the radio i've just seen this on on a podcast i would like um i'm actually in a place where i need some help so it's nice and obviously the money's important because that enables the people to help but it's no good having a bank full of money and no one not helping anybody and not having anybody there to receive the benefits now so that's yeah it's um it's good i'm 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 really pleased that everything's going so well Um Mm -hmm. i wish i've got a thimble pair of budgie smugglers but (laughs) Um, just got the lycra and the spandex I've I've actually
1: got some they're called flotation shorts they're um they're like uh, they're like uh, the old uh, like the old wetsuit material in the old days I can't remember the neoprene isn't it neoprene Neoprene, yeah the neoprene and you you buy them because it helps you when you're training for triathlon it keeps your core up yeah you can focus more on on your sort of stroke um and in triathlon you wear a wetsuit anyway so it kind of but yeah, funny enough, I forgot that. But I've this is a bit of a weird one, and I should just say by the way, Ben, who we mentioned earlier, is now serving in her um, His Majesty's forces. Um, but yeah, the I like uh, to go to the swimming pool. I tell you what, it's always too bloody cold for me. Right? <laughs> I, I'm literally sh- shivering the whole time that I'm in there. So I've just bought a, a, a I think it's a one one and a half millimetre wetsuit shirt you know just a shirt um i'm quite yeah. interested quite interested because sometimes if i go with my son i'm we're we're there for two hours and that's a long time to be um to be shivering
2: yeah it goes through it goes off I remember taking my kids from in in the sea and they and my, my dad said the same with me you go in the water you wouldn't get out you'd be blue and then drag you out but as as kids you just you cope with things so much easier and the, the parents, you can see them thinking, please get out of the water. I've, I've got to stay in for safety reasons. Um, but they really want to get out. So it's one mm-hmm. of the problems when I did my dips. I believe in first in, last out. And yesterday there was people saying, oh, this is fantastic. I didn't realize I'd enjoy it so much. How long can we stay in for? And I said, uh, 30 seconds more. That's it. And it's your first one. And I'm mainly because I, I know my limitations. Um, and everybody is different as, as you alluded to earlier, everyone has got their own threshold. everybody's got their own body fat, everybody's got their own uh, illness, injuries that pick up. You know, you've got dodgy knees, I've got ai I cut my finger once, bad damage the nerves. And that's my indicator. If that finger starts to go white or starts to feel cold, cold in the rest of my body, I know that that's my that's my time limit. And then I get out, uh, and, you know, if it's, if I haven't done my whatever lot of time, it doesn't matter because every day is different. Every environment is different, but I, that's my combat indicator. So I'll make everybody get out before me because I don't want people in the water because people take, stay too long. And i will say, if you once it gets comfortable, you need to be getting out. Um, if you're not used to it, if it's not something you are done on a regular basis, you can't just go in the water and sit in there for half an hour. And then come out because your core body temperature drops and it's your inner core that you got to try and keep warm and it takes so long you get like almost a, a secondary shock um but it, yeah it's, it's great swimming pools are um some of the coldest ones because they're not it's not moving some of the lakes uh and the waves and the beaches almost say warmer but um you know they're, they're not as cold as some of the static waters
1: so other than our good friend darren what um how's the support been up I- did I
2: see what Mark Ormrod came to support you in Plymouth? 5? Yeah, he did. Yeah, Mark, um, it was the same place that he did his, uh, his miles swim. Um, mm. So, till, I mean, the, yeah, the, the, the second day was like a summer's day in Exmouth. The third day, uh, day three at um, Firestone Bay in Devil's Point was horrendous. Um, the Royal Charity were there. There was the Royal Association gig coxswains they, they they turned up they would have brought their boats but it was just too rough and um mark turned up and you know again yeah, meeting people like mark it's it makes you realize that life is just about living and, you, and no matter what it throws at you he he does he's the, like the commander spirit he just cracks yeah. on yeah um, Friend, and- friends at home
1: mark is a, a triple amputee in case you're wondering and he recently got the world record for swimming a mile in, in, in the open ocean. Was yeah, was that just, right,
2: Tim? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he went to Devil's Point. Um, I don't know if people were going to Devil's Point. Just getting in the water was a, a big enough challenge for them and they you know, able-bodied, two arms, two legs, mm. and everything working properly. And that was a challenge. So for Mark to, to swim a mile, I thought, he said well i won't be getting i won't be able to get the, get the water with yours that's fine i don't want to be you know yeah. i'm there i can swim probably 20 yards before i've got to stop um and the trouble is when you when you swim and you stop to try and get your breath back you're not because you've got to tread water so i only swim when i'm doing when i'm swimming along the beach i don't swim out in the deep water because the moment I, i'm out of the depth i'm trying to tread water and that's I can't. i can't like that me can't breathe but he he did it you know with, with a, a total respect to the guy he's um and a lovely bloke as well you know just a, a just a humble bootneck you know just a guy who's just making getting on cheerfulness to face adversity and just cracking on with life you know it's just it, it's great to meet people like Mark yes so Tim tell me when when were you in training uh, I joined uh 1980 June 30th 1980 uh 264 troop um in fact and I have one of the guys from 264 on the beach with me, in, mate. Um, you don't look old enough. Oh, uh, you're yeah, lovely, aren't you? It's great having that connection with people still. I'm uh, getting okay, guys who are, are turning up who I you go through basic training. Um, mm. did you go down south? Tim, no, I didn't no, I, I, actually. I went, I came up here whenever everyone was going down south. Um, back in the day when Camacho, well, it's not even getting 4 3 Camano now. Um, and I went up to the MCT, onto the rigs for the maritime characterism site. As a very young Marine, I was sort of really lucky. One of those swan runs that you think, oh, okay, it's great draft. And at the time, the fault was never gonna happen. Everyone was gonna go to Ascension. So um, and but so I, I was up in Komachi doing the MCT work, while everyone was, out, was down south. Mm-hmm. And uh, but my cousin was down south. He was, um, well, my cousin was in full two uh, he went down um, obviously a lot, of men, a lot of my troop of my mates and uh, I got down there for the camera when it came back so that was the closest I got was going on the lash with the boys when they got back from off the camera. but uh, yeah again that's I was lucky again I, so I was lucky I, I would love to have gone down but you don't know you don't know how things would turn out had I been you might not have come back mate. Yeah. Um, I lost some one of my landing craft Foxtrot 4 got uh, got hit from HMS Fearless and I served on Forks Juliet, which was his replacement. Um, and Scales Rotherham who was actually a GD Sergeant, uh, it was GD Sergeant and they had, the had to get an SQ, uh, or special Qualification for those people who are, um, are watching that aren't up to date with our abbreviations. Um, and he had to do a SQ. So he, he chose landing craft. So he was on my landing craft three course. Um, And then he went on to the two scores and went on to fearless. And when Fox or four got hit, we, know, we lost, we lost some good guys on it. Um, so you you can't, you know, there there is no case of, um, you know, I wish I'd gone down or I wish I got a gone for it because you don't know, you you don't know what might happen. Mm. Um, you you can only be where you are, where you are. And, um, the same as the golf, I left the core, did nine years, left the core. And I hated it A total fail, Siri. I just really could not cope with the way I wasn't ready for the, to leave the court basically. Um, so I left and within 18 months, thankfully, the, not thankfully, but the Gulf war kicked off and I got recalled. So, uh, I was by the time the paper had gone through, we got back in, it was all over. Uh, but I sort of I got I'd gone home. If that makes sense, I felt like I was back where I belong. Mm. And uh, yeah, so it, it's been
1: a an interesting uh, so interesting when, journey. When you say you got recalled, Tim, did you then go and serve another another term or? or... Yeah, I did another nine years. Um, ah, okay,
2: yeah, so I did nine. Left. I signed twenty two, but um, when it got to nine, I had a young family, and I just thought there was a lot of other things. And I thought the life would be better for my family if I was out uh, doing a 95 job and being the provider. And So I'm left thinking I was going to join the police or I was going to say, and it just didn't, it, it, it didn't go that way. Mm. And so then the, when the golf kicked off, I, I got, I got a, not a signal, I got a letter saying where I I'd been offered a, a position back in the core. So I basically came back in started off where I went to the CDC for a three days to get a new fitting for blues and some admin. And then went back to, and it was like when I went back to Paul, it was, as if I'd been on a draft, I mean most drafts, 18 months, two years, so I've been a, I've been in the city about a year and a bit. So it wasn't even a real draft. You know, I've been, just took a holiday for, for a year and a bit and then, uh, cracked on, uh, left. And then the second golf kicked off just after the second time. So, um, sort of professional trench dodger really. But uh I managed to change my perspective on became a personal trainer for a few years and then I went up to Baghdad as a on the circuit um and did Iraq Afghanistan on the on the C P circuit. So did you get into any scrapes out there, Tim? Um it, it was you yeah, there was some spicy moments. Um my course on got hit um we went out one day and a uh, in our language, just, just two vehicle, uh, taking a, a client down to, uh, to a petrochemical plant. And we got to a, a, a T junction and we had the route planned out and I just didn't like the, I just didn't like the look of the road to the right. So I changed the whole route. Said we're taking a, a left, left, left. Um, and as we approached the bridge and uh, there was a, a bridge going past down by the cemetery and there was a, kids playing on the bridge and it was just a, everything looked okay. And then as we approached the paving slabs had been moved or you know, the curbstones. stones and the next thing, you know, we, it was a case of you, you realize it and then it's, it's too late. And there was a, a 15 pounds, uh, explosive exploded rat runner, um, an artillery shell. And it lifted the, lifted the armored land cruiser up, um, trashed everything and respect to my driver, um, Padge, who's an ex um, ex 2 1 lad, he managed to keep it straight. And we got over the bridge, and um, second vehicle made it over, and we lived back and we got back to camp okay. In fact, the, a lot of other core signs in the area after the contact report, for just must have came around to us and escorted us back in. Um, and then proceeded to get a bollock in from the ops manager for taking a brand new land cruiser. Um, like as if I knew what was going to happen, I, I thought I'd take a new one. Um, and then you know, you know you know every time you go out it might happen but you don't take a bad vehicle just in case you get hit uh and there was a lot of uh a lot of shit flying because i changed the route and the collateral damage was quite bad as well but then about two hours later the area that had been shut off because of the of the contact they everything was a no, nobody went there the americans decided that they would they would disregard that because they're Americans they didn't want to listen to what the Brits had to say and they took the route that I would have took they went right at the T-junction and they had a much much bigger idea go off with and the consequences for them were were a lot more than than they were for for us so um I was did then you, uh, by changing Tim, the route did you take did... a different route but you know yourself if you, you look at a situation and if you're in control of it, you're in, you're in command of other people's lives. You have to make the choice and the call mm. that you feel is right. And I was kicking myself afterwards thinking I should have never gone that route. But had I not, then, um, we would have just driven into a much, much bigger problem. Um, so it was, I was kind of indicated afterwards, but, uh, it, um, it affected the guys quite badly. And in fact, patch said, "Ask me. I'm done. Uh, I can't do this. I'm I'm going home, yeah. and uh, we lost a good guy there. He didn't want to, didn't want to stay in theatre. So, but I was yeah. You know, just there's lots of everybody has to go through their, um, their process. And uh, did it, you say you worked are, in in Iraq? Yeah, Iraq, Basra, and Baghdad. What what year were you in Iraq? Uh, that was 2000. It was after the first Gulf. So it was we just got back in. 2003 4 was that
1: um, was that wasn't olive security was it
2: no 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 i was working for the uh i was working for the foreign office um out of basra at basra palace and then i went up to after a year there um because we're in land cruisers and you're you're high profile um but you've got good armor you, you've got protection um but you're you're a target the moment you drive out and the insurgents they've only got to sit on a you know, plant something in a uh, under some curbstones or wherever they want to put them and just sit back and wait for a Land Cruiser and there's enough security companies out there that sooner or later someone's going to come along and they don't really care what company is they just want to, they just want to hit you um, so I transferred that I went to back, flew home uh, I didn't even go home to the family I, I landed and I got a job offer uh, with uh, another company up in Baghdad but they were all soft skins living in the living outside the green zone and so we just walked around in soft skins with with our own armor put in a bit of pig iron and stuff and uh that, that was that was a, I felt safer um, not being in even though I wasn't in you know, an armored truck or an armored land cruiser. I felt safer because you blended you were anonymous um I think the only time I felt uh uneasy was if a humvee or an american force line came anywhere near me and because they were just, if you're sat next to them, as something the goes off, um, you know, it, it's, no 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 no, it's not a nice place to be. So if you saw an American core sign, we used to try and avoid them because, uh, they were just bullet magnets, um, which is unfortunate, but that's, that's the way you know, someone's going to get hit. And if you're sitting next to them, you, know, you can, they get you by proxy. And you know, so that was, but that was interesting then off to Afghanistan when it got too spicy in Iraq, I've been so Afghan might be a better option. And I just stayed on the circuit then for, um, that's what, sort of five, 10 years, latter years, going more towards the, sort of, two years looking after the English football squad, prior to, um, probably the Jebel World Cup, and just doing private jobs. Are but, you, um, have you ever worked with
1: Bernie? Bernie? Don't want to say it, because we don't say it, right. we don't say um, it on the, if, You'd know Bernie if you knew him he's he's done he's
2: on the circuit no then um, he's
1: done a lot of stuff in that area um quite a quite a famous bootneck I suppose
2: you'd say the, the Bernie I'm thinking of is um a, a very good skier um and I and I' see him probably three times a week and he's a very famous and probably the fittest man I've ever ever met in my life um if that's the same Bernie mm. um but he's more sport related then no
1: I don't I think we might be on all... a different one different, must different be Burnie must
2: just be a um people Bernie just excel at everything they do because um and you'd know the Bernie I'm talking about as well but yeah, you know, I don't want to be throwing his name all over the net because he, he might not appreciate that as well so yeah of course um, hmm. so Tim but, no so yeah right I, I, the, the nice thing was all the, the teams that I work with um again it, if you join a team it hasn't all got to be your boot paras engineers it doesn't really matter what the cat badge is you're all out of purpose and and it, it was like being like being back in the mob you, you had that um, feeling of you stood side by side somebody and, and then they've got your back and did you ever get a,
1: people that were really shit?
2: yeah <laughs> but but uh, unfortunately that's if you if you take a cross section of the world and and life in general policemen firemen nurses and boot necks milkman you're going to get the guys who are good and then you're going to you're always going to get that percentage that somehow slipped through the net um and all you can do is avoid them and try and train them if you can you know i've met a couple of people who were they would have always been a liability because nobody took responsibility to say your nsps are shocking you need to you know nobody took them aside it was almost why it's not my job to train them and, and to be fair it's not their job but if they're on your team you can't just offload them to somebody else every time their name comes up you know it's like the last kid on the playground who doesn't get picked for football um he's a, sometimes people need to be taken aside and told what they're doing is wrong could be their driving um and i have to put my hand up on that or my drive was atrocious absolutely probably still is um Do we, maybe that's why i got promoted
1: quickly <laughs> Did you serve in Northern Ireland,
2: Tim? Yeah. was uh, um, First tour, I was 4-2 uh, in South Armagh or Besbrook, South Amar. Mm. Um, I'm just that thinking that. Um That must have helped.
1: The... Learning those drills must have helped in the Middle East, I'm guessing. Patrol, uh, te- patrol skills and...
2: The teamwork side of it. Um, and obviously the South Armagh are slightly different. Um, it's a wet cold well it can be extremely wet and cold um, and unforgiving place and it's the discipline and the routine and getting yourself into a particular mindset and in fact it it, it helped me when some of those sort of senior um, CP guys used to say Tim in the early days calm down you're not you're not in a four man fire team in Belfast now You know, you're not everybody is a terrorist. Um, so every time you see someone on a roof, not everyone's got an RPG. And, uh, in my first few weeks on the ground, I was a bit jumpy. And all that did was make the client feel jumpy. So, um, being a good soldier is great. But when you're you're in a fighter or when you're in a, a PSD team, you're trying to put the client at ease. You're trying to make them feel that everything's okay and there has to be a visible step up when it starts getting, if it starts to get loud and noisy and you think this is, things are gonna happen and you start getting animated and you start to um, look around more and you're more observant and, and your your body actions are a signal to the client or to the principal that, yeah, something's not right. Um, but if you're like that all the time, they either they're in a state of panic all the time or they get complacent. And then when you start to look around and you start to, the, the level goes up, they don't notice it because you're at that level all the time. So in the early days, you know, it was, it was new to me. Um, and it's a, it's a type you know, a, a good learning curve. And I had a very good team leader who was ex-RMP, airborne RMP and an ex-boot neck, um, it was ex-foreign legion and then core. And you have to learn quickly because. If you don't you then start to get pushed down the ladder and people don't want to work with you so um i was very lucky to have some really good guys around me and that but that's if you if you got people who cover your back and and you've got people who look after you and and take the time to explain what you're doing wrong then you don't make mistakes and if you make mistakes you learn from them and then you don't make them again but there were people who were just bums on seats and and the security companies were they didn't want to send them back because they were getting paid ridiculous money for that person to be in country, regardless if they're on the job. They'd be sat in a storeroom or they'd be sat blanket stacking or doing something trivial, but they're still getting paid pop stars' wages and the company was still getting paid the bigger percentage. So I understand why they didn't um, send them straight back. But all that did really, um, not want to turn this into a drip session, but all it did was it meant the guys who were on the ground were working harder and longer because there were people out there that, and, and I'm talking at a small amount, you know, I was very lucky. The companies I worked with were, um, were quite picky, but people fall through the net, you know? Um, and, uh, but it was, a, it was a different, a different time back then. It was a bit of the wild west when we first went out. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it makes you who you are. Yes. And, uh, one of the things about Northern Ireland though, uh, Chris, you mentioned, I went. Mean, the called it challenge I went to uh, Antrim and that's uh, six mile water which is the entrance to from the lock from Loch Nay into Antrim and that was an area that I used to patrol I was at there on up lifespan and one of my old instructors from training who took me through well, basically put took me through basic training turned up uh, in Belfast um, to show support which I thought was you know, it's great having a squaddy there, but having all your instructors walk up, slap me on the back, and say, Well done Royal, good effort. Couldn't have you in, a, in all nine outcome coming and saying, Well done, that was that was quite special. Um even though he used to beast the hell out of me and uh, yeah, it was nice to have people like that turn up. Mm. I,
1: I had my uh, troop boss on the podcast the other day. <laughs> or yeah. not yeah, yeah, from from training um jock jock hutchinson um he was uh he was quite (laughs) he's probably just about like the best troop boss you could have in training he was yeah hard as nails always always led from the front um wasn't any kind of you know bully inside to him or anything um yeah very nice man very nice man um yes tim listen uh, how can people support you how can they best support you? How can they get hold of you? Where can they find your route, and where can they donate money?
2: Okay. Well, the um, there's a website which has got the route on it. Um, I say we're just finishing the Scottish leg now. That's uh, www.colddipcommando.com. And if you go to the website, there are routes and links to. or they show the routes, and we go through. But there's also links to the just giving page. Um, if you go straight to just giving, uh, it's cold dip commando. If you search cold dip commando at just giving, um, that's the way you can, uh, if you want to donate, and I'll be very happy if you do. Um, you can donate there support wise. Um, I get a lot of email, an awful lot of emails who people who aren't coming to the for a dip and they've made a donation, but they email me separately and say you know, their little stories and my dad's just died an infirmary or my brother's just been diagnosed or my wife's you know that all their stories are coming in and and i just say if i haven't responded to a, a story personally yet i will get around to it and the same is the donations i started off thanking every single person who made a donation um and not a generic thanks to donation cut and paste but a, a personal mm-hmm. response to each um to each donation, but there's that many, um, which is fantastic. And I, I'm totally humbled and, and, and happy that it's happening like that, but I don't get the time in the day between driving the next location, doing things like this, that you, you know, you're helping me with and, and taking your time to, to help promote it. So I, I will get round to thanking everybody, um, individually. Um, but until that time, hopefully thanks everyone that has donated and supported. And if they want to turn up and get in the water, we'll turn up and and just say thank you, that that's great. Um or just being nice to people. You know, nothing to do with the Komodo challenge. Um I, I kind of got a friend of mine said, I like the way you all say be good to each other at the end of your little your little interview, your little your Instagram mm. things. Yes. And that's the best you can do. If you're good to people, good things happen to you. Um and if they don't good things don't happen to you, you're not being good to people for that reason. You're doing it because it's nice to help and it's nice to um to give something back. And tomorrow's not a guarantee for everybody, so or anybody. So you you just got to be the best version of you and help other people to be the best version of themselves. So if this helps to do that, um yeah, I'm i chuffled out that. that that's enough. And I thank people like yourself who are giving me the platform to to share it
1: hey brother absolutely my pleasure anytime anytime tim wish you all the best um keep smashing it uh to everybody out there we'll put all the links below where you can uh catch up with tim or make a donation or send a good good luck message etc 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 um and that just leaves me to say if you could like and subscribe to the podcast click the notification bell Uh, I've got my own challenge coming up soon. I'll be running across the Sahara Desert in April, I think it is. Um, These things you do when you're 53 years old. So uh, stay tuned for that one. Much love, folks. See you
2: soon. Hey, Chris. Thanks, mate.
1: Friends, thank you for listening to the Bought the T-Shirt podcast. Please like, subscribe and share. And don't forget to follow me on social media. Username... Chris Thrall, Instagram chris.thrall, thank you.